Hello, hello, Owen Will sons and Owen Will daughters, Owen Will's mothers and Owen Will fathers. This is WOW, watching Owen Wilson, the WOW podcast. I'm Jake Menez, and with me as always is Michael Teeter. Mike, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? So far, so good. What's new and exciting? Uh, nothing crazy. Um, so as you know, we're having a baby soon, so. That's right. You're like four weeks out? Yeah, we're like end of, so right now it's, it's August, what's today, 20, 22nd, so we're Due date is September 29th, so just about a month. Hey, so it's like, what, five weeks, I think? That's yeah, kind of crazy. So I've been doing some rearranging in here. Do you guys so, have Do you guys have the extra bedroom? Uh, yeah, well, we have, like, this room here is kind of our extra. It's like my desk, and then we have a little couch and my TV and all my guitar stuff. So it's just kind of been my office. Your, yeah, your hangout area. My, my hangout area. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, we're like kind of getting rid of all my stuff and putting. That makes rid- sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm real bummed, but it's fine. You have like a garage. Okay. You can do go back to your garage setup like you had before, or what? Uh, I don't know. No, I think I can manage. I think I can keep the desk in here. I think I'm gonna have to get rid of the couch. That's, that's a bummer. Couch would be cool. Yeah. I don't know. Um. What else is new? Grant, I just spoke to it two days ago because our schedule's been weird this week and we're kind of recording back to back. Um, Nothing really, I guess. That's kind of it with me. What about you? Anything new with you? Um, No, not really. It's just been more of the same, more work. Um, having the weekend off is nice, obviously. What are you drinking there? Uh, I'm drinking a beer. I'm drinking a Melvin Brewing Back Into Haze, Hazy IPA. Very good. You recommend it? Yeah, it's actually really good. Do you guys get Melvin out there? Um, occasionally. It's like I saw it in my store probably over a year ago at this point. So I, I guess the answer is used to, but no would be the, the longer version of the answer. Like a newer one from them. They've been like around for a little while. They're out of Wyoming. And they do like pretty hoppy stuff, but this is their first like year round hazy offering. It's well, pretty they, good. Their product is over back when you lived up in this area, they we had them at the store. Remember? Oh, really? Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking the other day. I, I've blocked out the majority of my time there. It's just been repressed, like, the most traumatic experiences. <laughs> I'm surprised you remembered that. I sent you that picture from earlier, though. Okay. So we, let's talk about that. Let's talk about snacking. Just, like, the, yeah. I totally forgot that was a thing that we would do, we were, like, pooled snacks. Yeah, so I think one day we were just, like, I, don't, I don't even remember how it was. So we used to work at the same place, and we had a little tiny break room with a little table and a fridge and that's about it and somehow we like started talking one of us brought it up like hey why don't we just bring like we'll just exchange snacks like one week i'll bring some snacks next week you'll bring some snacks and then we'll just have snacks at work and what was the what was the pictures like i think our staples were kind of worried like cheez-its and yeah it was cheez-its and something else maybe yeah i'm going back to the text now um Cookies and brownies, oh, maybe? The, like the, the fudge-covered graham crackers. Okay. Oh, yeah. Ooh, those are good. I like that. So back where at the place Mike and I used to work at, we had to wear like these dumb little aprons, but they had these big pockets for you could fill it with snacks. I see like the picture oh, yeah. of the apron full of snacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hashtag pod snacking. Pod snacks. Um, what you got going on? You, you doing any snacking right now? Uh, no snacking. So we did... Uh, Papa Murphy's Take and Bake for dinner. So, I did, uh, did the, so my brother 
and uh, his wife came over. So we did two mediums. We did one barbecue chicken and one, this is a custom. This has been my go-to custom lately. Uh, creamy white sauce. Okay. Pepperoni, bacon, and artichoke hearts. <laughs> so the face that you just made was, it, it was like a pepper, white sauce, uh-huh. Pepperoni, yeah. Bacon, oh yeah. Oh Artichoke man, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Artichoke hearts. And then just immediately. It's, it's the same face that people make when they hear pineapple on pizza, which oh, I'm all okay. for personally. I love, yeah. So before my go-to was pepperoni, pineapple, and jalapenos. Okay, yeah, get the sweet and the spicy. A little sweet, spicy, but then lately, I don't know, I've been doing a white sauce and then a little artichoke hearts. Can you hear that? I don't know. A little bit. Okay, good. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, um, so I'll tell you, so not that I do Papa Murphy's very often, but my, my go-to pizza place right now is like Domino's, which is, I don't know what that says about me. No, we, I didn't, we didn't do Domino's for a long time. And then like maybe last year, I think we did it and we were like, wow. I, we forgot about Domino's. And what's really good is they're like, I don't know what they call it, but it's their deep dish. I don't know if it's their pan made I, or whatever it's called. I think it might be their Chicago style. Yeah, whatever it's called. It's actually really good. So I'll tell you, so my go-to, and what's, and Domino's only does on the large pizzas, so I end up eating more than I want to necessarily, but the Brooklyn style crust, the New York style crust. Oh, that's, is that the, that's the thinner? Yeah, oh, it's nice. like thin, flaky, kind of foldable. Nice. I haven't tried that yet. You know, like uh, just New York style pizza. You go to New York once, have a slice. You can't. You can't compare anything else to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been chasing uh, a dragon for the past year and a half. Yeah, I have. I haven't actually been into New York. I've been like to DC area and had pizza, but I've not been. I've not had the uh, the New York slice in New yeah, York. Yeah, New York slice. Exactly. I had it at the place. From the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, so you know it's the real deal. Yeah. There's a picture of Jimmy Fallon on the wall. It says, best pizza in New York. And <laughs> if he doesn't know, who does? Oh, gosh. Remember, not to keep talking about work stuff, but there's a guy we used to work with. He was like our supervisor. And I think he he was from uh, New York or something. And you, you, always, you, you always to use a go with a, hey, watch, they're walking in. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I said it to him all the time. That's right. I forgot he existed. Yeah. Watch out, I'm walking here. And then you got really mad. Tenuous connection, like if I was stuck in a shop, like, yo, I'm stuck in here. <laughs> yeah, but weird, tenuous connection. I always compared him, like, physically to, to like, a young Steve Buscemi. A little bit, yeah. And, I'd and that brings, uh, and that brings us. <laughs> more or less, yeah, to our movie of the week is Armageddon from 1998, directed by Michael Bay. So, first thoughts on Armageddon. Can you know what's first impression here? Big picture impression. Um, I think I remembered liking it a lot more the first couple times I watched it. I felt like when I was watching it this time, I was like, I kept hovering over to see how much time was left. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, like another hour? Like all that and another hour left? Yeah, okay, so I think I texted you that. Like the first hour and a half, it's a two and a half hour movie from 1998. And about an hour and a half of it is actually movie. And what's, yeah, because yeah, I mean, it's, I think we had the same, you know, a similar experience with Anaconda last week where, you know, like I thought Anaconda was more like a fun B-movie type of deal and ended up being, you know, trying to play it more, straight. 
being kind of underwhelming it as a result. Yeah. You know, in my mind, Armageddon is a lot more, you know, based on the fact that it's a Michael Bay movie, that is a lot more, you know, action-packed. And I was thinking something more like a Roland Emmerich film. Yeah. Like an and just, no, it's, it was a slog. Yeah. Like it was good, but it was like, oh, my God, I just got so impatient with it. Yeah, and then I felt the last, like, maybe, I don't know, I want to say 20 to 30 minutes, there was, like, too much going on. So the, the movie boils down to a bunch of people, a bunch of men yelling at each other in space. That's, yeah. Like, half the time, I don't know who's dying, who's living, who's or even who's talking half the time. There was a lot of yelling. Ah, 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 get out of the way! Ah. So that's yeah. the whole script for the back half of the movie. Yeah. It was too much at the end. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it really is a great, you know. It, it really encapsulates Michael Bay as a whole. Like yeah. By him, and you watch this, you're like, oh, okay, because there's no, is there's that, really no variation in style from this and anything else he's done. Is that his first? I don't know what his first um, film is. So that's gonna be early. When was Pearl Harbor. When was Pearl Harbor? Oh, I don't know. He. Oh, I didn't know that either. Oh, uh, let's hang see. for a second. Uh, no data on the podcast. No data on the podcast. Vamp for me a little bit. Uh, well, I'm just pulling it up on Wikipedia. Oh, uh, you're probably faster. Also, um, <laughs> oh, 2001. Just, so this is before Pearl Harbor. Oh, okay. I just like that it says his. It's given a little, you know, director yada yada, best known for transformers uh, ex- ex- extensive no like just style wise oh. extensive use of special effects including frequent depictions of explosions that's just like the first sentence about him on wikipedia oh well have you, seen, have you ever seen what he looks like oh he did the rock uh yeah i know i was taken i i did not know that he looked like that i don't know what i picture him look like but he looks like if you put owen wilson and like kevin bacon and mash them together real good yeah michael bay i can like, see that in my mind's eye, or almost like a Benedict Cumberbatch in a way, in some of these pictures. Yeah. I don't know. In my mind's eye, he was more like a, like a Tom Cruise type. I don't know. Which is, I think, associate that same person with action movies. Yeah, that's kind of, I think, how I felt, too. I felt he looked more like Tom Cruise. That's a good description. His, um, first, movie, oh, his first movie, though, was Bad Boys. So Armageddon is his third film. So he did Bad Boys, The Rock, which is actually a fantastic movie. It is a good one. It has, Dwayne Johnson's not in it at all, so it is a little bit misleading for those of you who haven't seen it. It's Sean Connery <laughs> and Nicolas Cage. I can see how if you said, like, if you just went up to, like, a kid, like, a I don't know, someone who's, like, 13, 15, you're like, hey, you ever seen the movie The Rock? Like, oh, you would assume it's about The Rock. And he's already got a biopic out? The kid says, he's like, like, how do you know biopic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's an island that they turned into a prison. <laughs> And then the rock comes and busts everybody out. No. Yeah, I, I could see that. But yeah, so Pearl Harbor. I'm sorry, not Pearl Harbor. Armageddon is his third movie from 1998, so he's still fairly new at the whole thing. Yeah, but he's already really dialed in what he wants to be his style because you know in the year 2020, he's still doing the exact same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Although this seems the first into that kind of explosion-y space uh, sci-fi. Yeah, I don't remember there being a ton of, you know, sci-fi elements to, um, not, not, not sci-fi elements, I'm sorry, explosions. Like explosions and stuff, yeah. In the, in Maybe the, the third act. Yeah. A yeah. little bit. And Bad Boys, of course, is pretty explosions-heavy just by virtue of being Bad Boys. I guess so, yeah. 
But yeah, so that's what's funny. So you want a little bit of trivia? How do you feel about trivia? Um, are, yeah, we, so I, are we a trivia podcast? We could be a trivia podcast. So we'll, on, we'll let the listeners decide. One of my first notes just says, of course, it's Michael Bay. Because the opening scene has so many explosions just in the beginning. Oh, nice. Yeah. I had an of course in here somewhere. I don't know what oh, it was I wrote for. This is interesting. So a couple things about Michael Bay, kind of up at the top here. Bruce Willis apparently hated working with him so much that he said he would never work with him again. Which is funny because that's how I feel like a lot of people say about Bruce Willis as well. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that he's difficult, which is a shame because he's in so many good movies. I think he's also in so many bad movies. Uh, I think. Um, do you ever listen to Kevin Smith? Very rarely. So, but I was reading an article earlier this week that happened to see you and I like keep running to the same threads. I think because I was reading an article oh. on Esquire that was like about Kevin Smith talking about how she hates Bruce Willis. <laughs> You know, well, no, how I, just, work I haven't read anything recently, but I listened to some of his shows and, I, and he was saying how, like, he couldn't wait to do it. So have you ever seen Cop Out that he did? With, yeah, uh, I, I did see Cop Out. It was him and Tracy Morgan, right? Tracy Morgan, yeah. I really liked it. But I think I after that, he, like... I remember being really underwhelmed. I remember, like, not... I remember seeing it, like, right after it hit DVD and then being like, oh, that was a lot less funny than I wanted it to be. Oh, I thought I haven't seen it in a while, but I remembered liking it. There was that. So I'll tell you, the one that I really liked, he did kind of later in his career. That's kind of fun and actiony. Is uh, did you see Red? Mm-mm. So it's no, him. But I, oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I wanted to see that. Yeah, it's like an 18 type. It's him, Morgan Freeman, uh, Ernest Borgnine, I think, who would have been the voice of Mermaid Man on SpongeBob. Is what he'd be best known for at this point, <laughs> being dead. Um. <laughs> And there's a fourth person. I don't remember who. I think it's a woman. I think I like the 18 that have a woman in their crew. Hmm. But, you know, they're on the run for the government or something of that nature. Explosions and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But you said, hey, you said cop out. Oh, surrogates. Remember surrogates existed? Surrogates. Is that with him and uh, oh, the, oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, no, maybe... The guy that it, they're time traveling and he plays like a young. That's Looper, Looper with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, that's well, yeah. yeah. And the bleakest part of that future is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt somehow becomes Bruce Willis. Yeah. But no, surrogates is him and a woman and their cops and their partners. And in this world, people can hop into like this little tube and come out in like a sim body. And then the sim can do whatever it wants while they're controlling it. And then if the sim dies, you die in your tube, I think. That and sounds familiar. Maybe Atari, but yeah. But if, <laughs> That sounds familiar. Maybe I've seen it. It's and it's super forgettable. Like if you even if even having seen it, I remember that's how much I remember of it is what I just described to you. Uh, I think I have seen it. Yeah, I just pulled up the. I think I I think I've seen that. But yeah, um, and so Bruce Willis. I mean, I would say that I'm a Bruce Willis fan. I don't know that most other people are as far as dealing with him professionally, which is a shame. Yeah. I like him though. I like his movies. Oh yeah. So we said so. Bruce Willis didn't like work with Michael Bay. So what's funny is they were saying that one of the biggest complaints with the movie, and I didn't. Once I read this, I couldn't stop focusing on it. Is this movie each each scene before the, before it cuts lasts an average of like one point five seconds, like a second and a half. A second. <laughs> and then just cut cut 
Okay. Yeah. No, it's insane. It's so let's actually so let's dial it back a little bit. Let's actually get into the movie and start at the beginning. Give me one second to open my window because I'm right up here. Yeah. I have returned. Oh nice d- nice under Mifflin shirt. Thank you. <laughs> this is really the it's getting close to laundry day shirt is what it really boils down to. Oh. But um yeah, so Armageddon. Starts with narration. Like we've had narration two. Uh, last week wasn't narration. We've had you know preludes two weeks in a row now. Yeah. But this one was long enough. I did not bother to write it down. It was like it went on and on and on. It went on for a long time. I just wrote the the narrator talking about a rock that hurt hit Earth. Yeah, and I, you know where that's where dinosaurs went. The narrator, by the way, was Charlton Heston. Oh, I did not know that. Nice. Which and that's such a that's such a weird crossover to have like the guy from the Ten Commandments and Ben Hur and all those other big major movies like from the beginning of Hollywood and then doing a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. Like times are tough. <laughs> oh actually, <laughs> let's go back a little further before that even happens. Valhalla motion pictures. Like it's you know, it's doing the opening crawl. There's the Jerry Bruckheimer, right. the trees by lightning. Then she was like the, the just like the Viking ship floating in the air with like the mast billowing. I was like, ooh, I don't remember the movie starting this exciting. <laughs> and then it drops in Valhalla motion pictures. Like that's a movie I would watch is just flying Viking ship. And I don't think they even exist anymore because I've never seen that logo ever before besides here. Yeah, I can't uh, think of any other movies with that. But So then Charles Tesson narrates. So just <laughs> <laughs> we got a what felt like about a 30 minute narration it's oh my god everything in this movie slogs for the first half of it like it really does and, and so you know, he goes on about you know rock says texas killed the dinosaurs nuclear winter you know it's all the buzzwords you hear for asteroid apocalypse movies like he just yeah. checks every single box you could think of right like it's always the size of texas like we never pick anything else it's never a different state it's just always the size of texas yeah <laughs> well even if you're not you know Texas if you're from a different country. Kind of. But these other countries, you could say a rock the size of France, which I think comparable (laughs) to Texas, more or less. France and Texas? All right. Yeah, pull it up, pull it up. Geography is not my strong. Trivia time. Here we go. France versus Texas. I I don't know where I'm leaning. I'm going to say that Texas is larger than France. European countries are small. You might be right, actually. You may be right. You may be crazy. Whatever the third lyric is in that Billy Joel song. All right. Not sure. What you got? Oh, wow. They're close. They are really close. France, 248,573 square miles. Okay. 248,573. Before Texas, Texas, two sixty-eight, five ninety-seven square miles. <sighs> Everything is just bigger. Texas, in Texas. <laughs> is slightly larger than France. But so, so you could you could still feasibly say an asteroid the size of France and not be missing too much in there. Yeah, you could. I'm just saying, shake it up a little bit. Don't make it always Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so. France, we just gave you another uh, free of charge. There you go. About the same the size. And here's the thing. That sounds much more ominous. Just because your brain can't comprehend. It's the size of a country or the size of a state. Like, even the same size, it sounds more ominous. This asteroid is the size of an entire country in Europe. Yeah, that sounds like it would end civil, like civilization right away. 
Oh yeah, you yeah, say yeah, a state like and you're you say a state and you're like, well, the people, you know, a thousand miles. So Florida, you're like, yeah, well, I live in New York, so I'll be okay. It's getting Texas. Yeah. yeah. You say France, well, we're screwed. Oh yeah. What are we gonna do without France? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So they talk about the asteroid that hit the Earth way, way long ago. Uh, cut then to we cut to nineteen ninety eight. Astronaut uh, working outside trying to fix something on the space shuttle. He's doing a um, spacewalk. Yeah. Got a space uh, wrench, that whole thing. Sp- space wrench, the whole, yeah. Uh, fixing something. And then uh, he's stressing out. And everybody on board is they're talking to the mics. Yo, you got to calm down. Is this, is this calm on board? Down like, that, I thought this was Mission Control back on Earth. It was like, hey. Uh, hey maybe hey, it's Mission Control. Yeah. Settle so, down. I just remember a lot of people telling him to settle down. Like, you gotta, you're, uh, you're sweating in there. You gotta calm down. You gotta calm down, guy. We get it. You're in space and you're tied nothing but a tiny little rope and you're floating around with just nothing but a yeah. wrench in your hand. Relax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know it's an yeah. effort coming towards you. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Um, and well, then... Fine. And so then the asteroid hits him. Like, he gets, he gets winged by it. He gets winged by it, yeah. And, and he, he does like, of... a great scream, like his and, like the the front of his the visor on his mask like, explodes out. And he's screaming in space. Yeah. And they see it and they go, "What happened?" Rewind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gotta see what happened. Yeah, that was funny. In slow motion. It's, you just see him flailing. And he does like this thing. <laughs> Like a cartoon character, where like the front of his suit gets like ruptured, and he starts fl- and he like the air shoots out, and he's like flying around like a balloon or a cartoon character. Yeah, it's it just immediately like the movie just goes immediately, kind of cheesy. Yeah. Uh, then they so they're trying to figure out. I guess at Houston they're trying to figure out what's going on. Are they missiles? Is it asteroids? We don't know. And then uh, they're like, well, nobody fired any. We don't have any missile warnings, so it must be asteroids. This is the only two options, asteroids or missiles. Yeah. I guess those are the only two choices once you get to outer space. Yeah. Um, so then I guess they're calling all the people they have with telescopes. They're, they're trying to get NASA involved. I guess there's, what did they say, like nine of these certain types of telescopes, and NASA owns eight of them, and one other dude has one. Oh, it's the guy who's like, I want to name it after and my it's, wife. It's Carl. No. So this guy, so cut to... Yeah, his name is Carl. What's the name, Carl? This is, I feel like that's the name they go for in anything. Where they just name a name that's like sort of vaguely goofy. Yeah, like, well, we're going to have this guy. He needs a name, so oh, Carl. He can be Carl for five seconds. Uh, they, get, they cut to him. He's got this giant telescope and like a barn, and he's sitting on it, and his wife's knocking on the barn door, and she pops in, and he's instantly yelling at her. Okay, so I don't know what's done. going on there. Everybody in this movie, like, that's a recurring theme in this movie. Someone will speak a line of dialogue, and then they're shouting the next line, like, angrily for no reason. Yeah, so it she's like... happening. She's like... like, like, talking I, to you, I, and like yeah, sorry, I'm talking over you. Uh, oh, no, you're fine. Uh, I was just saying, she's yelling at him, like, your dinner has been on the table for six hours. That's right, the, the pot and then he's, Yeah. <laughs> like, what... Why did the, this didn't serve any purpose in the movie? Like, why couldn't they just cut to him and he sees a, like asteroids and he oh, calls God, there's somebody? There's so much dialogue. 
That just goes. That just happens for no reason. I'll go back to it later. But Ben Affleck and the Animal Crackers, like, it was just so. It, it when, that's when I wrote that. No, we'll get back to that. We'll get that later. We'll get that later. You didn't like the Animal Cracker scene? Oh, not even a little. I hated it. <laughs> I hated everything about the two of them as a couple. But I'm getting distracted. So Carl's part was, but yeah. So, but it's a recurring yeah. theme, though. Hang on. So that's it just seems like like a recurring theme in this movie. Someone would talk a line of dialogue, and the next thing they're shouting for another two lines, and they go back to talking regularly, like they're fine again. And we're like, Mike, how are you? Mike, I asked you how you're doing. Why won't you answer me? Please just answer me. Like it's just it's incredible. I, I wrote. I'll, I, get, I, I'll, I'll give you five words. Five words about why I won't answer. Words. I wrote that down, like, this one of my last notes. Because at some point I gave up on taking notes because it became so hard to keep track of what was happening. I had to pause it a few times. I had to rewind so many times, but I wrote, people started yeah. screaming and yelling to the randomly, is all my note says. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, and so cuts. Okay, so here's my favorite part of the movie, though. So, um, you know, they're trying to find, you Carl goes, I know where the asteroid is. And so cuts to a piece who's falling towards Earth now. And he wants to find it and name it after his wife, Doris, because she's a, a bitch who don't quit or something like that. Whatever his, <laughs> di- whatever his dialogue was. <laughs> you know, just whatever he said. And she flips him off and yada, yada, yada. They're old people, so it's funny, I guess. Whatever. That's <laughs> um, so a to New York City. Right. And there's a guy who I'm positive. They're like, just get us an Eddie Murphy type. Yeah, what's that guy's? He's a... Popular actor, right? I thought, it, I thought it might be Eddie Griffith, but I couldn't find anything oh, that corroborated that. Yeah, that's who I thought it was. Isn't it Eddie Griffith or Eddie Griffin? I think it's Griffith. I, I don't actually know. Hang on. Eddie Griffith. Oh, it is, it is Griffin. Griffin. Okay, maybe that's why I couldn't find him when I Googled Eddie Griffith Armageddon. Because <laughs> that's not a real person. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, but so they get him. So he and he's it's such a small part. Is he walking down the street with his dog whose name is Lil Richard, Little Richard. Oh yeah, 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 Lil Richard. And they're walking through Times Square, and just kind of having a good time. And he stops to talk to like a hot dog vendor, I think. Yeah. And the dog is off leash and attacks like a stack of Godzilla toys because it's just all the you know that all the Times Square vendors. They're just in the middle of you know because they just they do just sit there like just hustling stuff. So yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you an embarrassing story. So I was in I was in New York for a day last year. Like I was in Philly for like a week and a half. We, my friends and I, took a day trip out to New York City to go to the Seinfeld Diner. And so part of getting there was walking through Times Square. And we're walking, and you know, there's and like Times Square is it's a disaster. I never want to go back to Times Square again. It's the one part of the city I hated, which is not, it's lined with nothing but you know buskers and and people just trying to hawk cheap shit at you. Uh-huh. And I'd avoided all of them. And I'm walking, we're almost at it, we're almost out of Times Square, we're past like the M&M's billboard and everything, and I hear my friend is now talking to one of them. <laughs> and it's <laughs> after a conversation. <clears throat> and you know, like, I, you know, like you revealed last week, I'm out of the Bay Area here, and so the guy's talking about, yeah, I'm from Hayward. So that's, you know, he's got his foot in the door by pretending to be local. And oh, he's talking right. about how they're selling, he and his friend are selling CDs to get guns off the streets. And I'm not sure what the correlation was there. <laughs> and so I stop because I now have to wait for my friend and he's being sold the CD for like 20 bucks and I go and my out was I go the guy goes, do you want one too I go I don't have cash and without missing the guy goes Venmo's cool too <laughs> like oh he doesn't even miss gosh. a beat and so here's where I messed up I thought that you could cancel Venmo transaction 
like before, like within a couple minutes or whatever. So I go, okay, sure. What's the CD cost? He goes, $30. I go, I'll give you 20, just, just in case. And he gives me a CD called Audio Crack Volume 2. Huh. Which will get guns off the streets. And he autographs it to Jay Smooth. And he's, not too, on any, he's not on any of the tracks. So I'm not sure why he autographed it. He was just a guy selling a poorly burnt CD. And he huh. hands it to me. And I give him the $20 in a private Venmo transaction so no one else can see my shame. And I walk 10 feet and I pull my phone out again to try and cancel it. And you can't cancel it. So I now have a CD in my car called Audio Crack Volume 2 that's just awful. It's terrible. It was still on the flip side, though, I got hustled in Times <laughs> Square. So it's, you know, part of the real New York experience. <laughs> And so, you know, that, that was my, you know, again, my another tenuous connection there. So they're in Times Square. The guys, Godzilla's toys are being attacked by Little Richard the dog, owned by Eddie Griffith. I've already forgotten Griffin. again. Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, and, and it's just like this big fat guy. And he's yelling at Eddie Griffin about how his dog's attacking the Godzilla's. And the meteor is exactly the same size as that guy and comes tumbling down and hits him. And he explodes. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. What were you gonna say? Well, I wasn't sure how Eddie Griffin made it. Like, because a couple seconds later, they, you know, they see the dog. It's and cartoonish. Then you see him. And so my favorite part, though, and so I texted you this. It's my favorite part of the entire movie. It's my takeaway from the entire movie is the guy gets hit by the meter. He explodes like a fire explosion, and it cuts to someone, you know, in a different part of the city. In a different part, of, sorry, a different part of Times Square, who saw it, and they get text messages. Did you see that? And they go say, "This sort of thing happens in New York." <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> only in New York, am I right? It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's the dumbest. It's the d- dumbest way of writing it off. And so then it cuts back to Eddie Griffin, though. It's like cartoons, like his shirt's like all blasted apart, and he's got this like soot across his face. He's blinking, like he's you know a Looney Tunes character that's been hit by dynamite. Yeah. Like what? What was that? How they were standing? Like oh yeah, they, then like, they were shoving each other. They were yeah. making physical contact. I don't know. That part bugged me. I'm not sure why. Not that you asked, but but uh, you're drinking that beer. I have this Pabst Blue Ribbon hard coffee. Oh yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask what you for. Okay, and to be fair, you did ask uh, me before I was recording, so it didn't count. <laughs> right. Um, not saying they should sponsor us, but again, we will take money. PBR, just reach out to me. Yeah, I just had a PBR hard seltzer not too what, long ago. So what should you have, the lime or the berry? It was the lime. How'd you feel about it? It was fine. It was a little boozy. It's, it was 8%. I think it yeah. was 8%. It's a little on the boozy side. It was, that's what's funny. So it, it t- they have almost like a like a sweetness to them that the other ones don't have, I think, because they need the sugar to get the ABV, the ABV higher. But no, I think they're yeah. good. They do a lot of really good products, I think. It's better than I'm not a huge white claw fan, or really I'm not a huge seltzer fan in general. See, I'll say no to white claw. I also agree with you on that, but seltzer in general, I love. Okay, which is weird. I drink a lot of um, like sparkling water, just regular oh, yeah. flavored sparkling water. But something about the hard one, I don't know. Okay, interesting. Yeah, but the PBR one, not bad. Eighty percent and sixteen ounces. Yeah, that's the thing. It's I mean, big, come it's on, heavy. it's yeah, it's a really good deal. So, yeah. anyway, getting back to the movie really quick, though. So, Eddie Griffin is sitting there, you know, blinking as his, as his friend has exploded, his enemy has exploded. And then right. it just kind of cuts to an oil rig. Yeah. Or I think before that, I think we have them, like... Oh, they the... rescue the dog. To give you closure on that, the fire department rescues the dog. Because, you know, it's just, they have to show that part. 
they have to show. <laughs> yeah. They're just fine. I'm good with that. Yeah, they find that they're a pro dog podcast, I think. So they get their their telescope friends and they tell them like, "Hey, here's our data. This is what we found. There's an asteroid the size of Texas coming straight towards us. We got this many days. Um, I think they say like we can't blow it on the outside because their I guess their initial thought was, well, we'll do this. We'll use put out some tin foil and absorb the. They, I guess they were like solar panels." And we'll use that. Oh, the solar sails. Yeah, he said that. I've heard yeah, that word. Yeah, solar, solar sails. We'll use that for energy and blow a giant bomb on the asteroid and everything will be fine. And they say, well, we can't do that because, I don't know, I guess there's not – it would just shift it a little bit but not enough. So I guess they somebody says they have to drill inside of it and blow it from within. And they say, where are we so, going to find someone who can drill? Right where are we going to find <laughs> – where we, where where we find the best damn driller? Oh on this man, earth. a driller! Where are we gonna find a driller at? <laughs> so I don't Cut know what's, to what's he Cajun <laughs> my version? Yeah. Cut to, to oil Bruce rig. Willis. I don't know oil rig drilling. Okay, I've got some more trivia for you. So I was I get my my trivia I pulled from IMDb by the way. Oh, nice. So this is my favorite. So all the trivia, you know, is stuff that you know makes some logical sense. Like you know, this was the highest grossing movie of 1998 despite the negative reviews. You know, it came out at the same time as Deep Impact, yada, yada, yada. This one just says, this was the 12th to last film Bruce Willis did before going bald. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's, that's, such a, that's such an overly specific, like... <laughs> but could you imagine, Counting. like, uh, let's, three years from now, COVID's gone, bars are open up, somebody's doing uh, open mic trivia night, and their question is, what was the 12th to the last movie Bruce Willis did? Bruce Willis was completely bald. I know this one. It's Armageddon. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, that's a pretty strange trivia. It's a specific piece of trivia that makes no sense. Yeah. So, we, so we cut to his oil rig. His name is Harry. Harry. And he's already yelling because it's a Michael Bay movie. Right. And so uh, I was looking for AJ, who is his, like, apprentice, I guess, his right-hand man. Yeah, kind of, I get a, like, a apprentice type. It's sort of like, like a Skipper and Gilligan, sort I, of a Skipper and Gilligan relationship. Because I feel like the other dude, um, I forget his name, we'll get to it later, he, but he has another guy that's his right-hand man, and he's kind of like, I feel like AJ is the one he's training maybe to right so there's one guy who's almost like his assistant but aj feels like aj is going to be his or he's like next in command his you know I think, his heir apparent i feel like he's like you know i see myself in you yeah when i was a kid that and, kind of and, and bruce willis plays like the most bruce willis character already and like immediately you can tell he's just like this old curmudgeon you know he's crashy but he has a heart of gold like he's this character that he plays in everything just the most stereotypical character ever yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate you, but I love you. I want the best for you. It's kind of one of those attitudes. <laughs> yeah. Was but, uh, yeah. For ben so Affleck, yeah. Who's very young in this uh, movie, by the way. This is very young. Yeah, I noticed movie. that too. He was really I mean, that's how time works, so I shouldn't be surprised, but <laughs> just. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel about Ben Affleck in general? I like him. He's in a lot of really He's, good stuff. He is in some good stuff. Geely, uh, such a good movie. What is it? Gili. What is that? You never heard of that? It's, it was supposed to be one of the worst movies of all time. Him and no. J-Lo. 
No, oh, it has like the the most amount of like negative reviews or something. More like than Showgirls? Oh yeah. Really? I've never. I don't think I've ever seen it. I've never even heard of those. it. It's G I. How do you? Oh, oh I always thought it was called Jiggly because I've never paid attention to it. Okay, Jiggly. Like, okay, I know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. G I G L I. Angelina Jolie's in that, right? Angelina Jolie? No, I thought that was J-Lo. I thought it was Angelina Jolie, but I could be wrong. I think it's J-Lo. You look that up, though. And Ben Affleck does have other good movies, you know. Good Will Hunting, obviously. No, it's it's J-Lo. Ben Affleck and J-Lo. Okay, I'm way wrong. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Al Pacino? Christopher Walken? Interesting. Al Pacino... I'm sorry, I'm, not, I'm thinking of the wrong actors. I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that statement. I was thinking of the wrong person. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I like Ben Affleck. Yeah, I like him time. going back to Kevin Smith stuff. He's in a lot of Kevin Smith movies. And he I is. thought he was a decent Batman. Okay, so that's what I was getting at. So you saw that they announced, I think yesterday at this point, because you know, we're in the middle of, I guess right now, it's the DC fan exposition or whatever. It's all online because of COVID. Yeah. Online. But so they announced that Ben Affleck is going to come back as Batman for the Flash movie that's coming up. Yeah. And he's excited is... to star in the new Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League or whatever. Yeah, which, ooh, I'm excited about that too. Are you? Oh, I'm I sorry. Think, I think so. You're not excited? No, here, here's my hot take. Uh, I think Zack Snyder's a terrible director. I think he makes horrible films. Um, I, I saw the trailer today for his cut of Justice League, and it's what's funny about it, you know, he's, he's spent three years talking about what a different movie his version is. And the trailer makes it look it's almost the exact same movie. Really? Oh my gosh. Like, you know, oh, there's a scene of the cyborg before he's a cyborg playing football. Oh my gosh, what a, what a remarkable change. It's, uh, it's and the whole, tra- I don't know, maybe I'm just cynical because I don't think, like I said, I don't think he makes good movies. But like the whole trailer set to like Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. And just like, it's, and it's got a bunch of slow motion shots like he's prone to doing. It's just so, everything I hate about him is there, like on uh, display. Well, I'll watch the trailer. I'll see. So I, I'll watch it. And here's the thing. I, I say that, but I, I will watch the movie just because I'm a big fan of, you know, those characters. But just, I, I think what's going to end up happening is people have spent three years saying, oh, we want this, we want this, we want this. It's going to come out and people are like, oh, we didn't want this. We Never mind. did not want that. It's still a really bad movie. And that's the thing about Justice League. Did you see the 2017 version? Uh, yeah. How would you feel about it? It was fine. That's the thing. It's people talk about like it as this horrible movie, and it's. I didn't it think it was horrible. So, it was just so aggressively mediocre that I rewatched it two days ago, three days ago, and I've forgotten the entire thing already. It was just so you like forget it as you're watching it. Just so you know, nothing. So neutral. Yeah. Uh, but whereas the you know the ones Zack Snyder did entirely like like uh, Batman vs Superman, I think or I couldn't rewatch that. It's so awful. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's just how DC. Except for Wonder Woman. That was really good. I liked Shazam a lot. Shazam I thought was a ton of fun. Oh, uh, I didn't see that one. I heard it was good, though. Is that one? Aquaman was funnish. Um, I like it was fun, but it was, he's not a character that I really care about, so it was whatever. Yeah. But no, I just think Zack Snyder in general, because, you know, you look at his other ones, his, you know, quote-unquote big movies like Watchmen and 300, they're movies that are based on graphic novels, so that he, he doesn't have to write a script. The movie's just already there for him, basically. Like, he yeah. does a really good job of replicating, like, a splash page as a shot and like even justly i think he does that a couple times but as an actual once you have him write a story like he's had to do with these dc movies he's terrible it just, it's like he doesn't know he doesn't understand these characters yeah 
So that's, I guess, you know, we're getting a little bit off topic, but so Ben Affleck, though, I think he was a good Batman and hoping that he gets to continue to be a good Batman for a little while longer in movies that deserve him. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he'll just be in this little part because they got Robert Pattinson, right? For right, so that trailer dropped the next... today. That trailer dropped today, and again, yeah. it looks really cool. It looks Does really it? cool. Okay. But, but and so probably... what I'm wondering, though, and I don't know how they're juggling this, because there's like two Jokers right now. There's Joaquin Phoenix Joker, and there's the Jared Leto Joker, who I think we'd all rather forget. Yeah, and I really then, liked Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, it's such a good movie. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. And so I think they're treating, you know, because the DC Comics have the alternate universes pretty frequently add as just kind of a staple to their storytelling. So it's like the Elseworlds, I think they call them. And so I think the movies are going for that same thing, where they can have multiple interpretations for character without it clashing. Yeah. But I think, but yeah, what's funny is the Flash movie is supposed to have Ben Affleck as Batman, but also Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah. Also potentially Robert Pattinson as Batman as well. So I think they're going to use that movie to kind of realign everything, figure out who's going to be their main Batman going forward. I'm really hoping for George Clooney special appearance. Ooh, yeah, some bat nipples. So that was like, I know people joke, but that was kind of like when I was growing up and I was kind of old enough to like understand Batman, like that was the movie that was out. Is that the one so, Freeze? Yeah. Oh, uh, Doc, yeah. Freeze. It had Poison Ivy. It had Robin. Robin. It had Batwoman. Um, that girl, I'm sorry. I think so, yeah. That's funny. Is Schwarzenegger still, like, apparently still reps that movie hard. Like, he loved doing it. It was. I'm sure it was fun for him. I bet it was. He got a paycheck. Okay. So that, that actually, I'm going to use that as a segue to get back into our movie we're talking about. Because <laughs> that's exactly what so i'm jumping a little bit ahead so we see bruce wilson's crew and we find his crew is comprised of ben affleck who's sleeping with his daughter when bruce Willis walks in sleeping with bruce Willis's daughter I should be specific there she did not you know make an ambiguous phrase um yeah. so ben affleck is sleeping with a woman who turns out she comes in front of the covers and she goes hi harry to bruce willis and in the clunkiest piece of dialogue i've ever heard he goes i've told you before to call me dad because i'm your father yeah it's horrible exposition like just okay you can can find a smoother way to express that relationship as i find well like why why do you even need that just call him dad just just call him yeah hey dad like yeah sorry i mean i don't know i've told you before daughter who is my daughter to call me father because we're related by blood and i am one of your parents yeah (laughs) No, it's terrible. Michael Bay yeah. has never heard a human being talk, ever. <laughs> this is how people sound, right? There's a lot of lines in the movie that make me feel that way. Like the entire scene, so the following scene, where Bruce Willis is now chasing Ben Affleck, AJ, around the tanker with a gun. Yeah, shooting, like and, actually and, shooting at him. And they're like bantering back and forth. It's like, this isn't, this isn't how human beings work, Michael Bay. Go back to yeah. Cybertron or wherever you're from. Out on an oil rig. I feel like you shouldn't be like shooting a gun on an oil rig. Right, that's kind of a big deal. I don't know. So, but it, the scene, you know, kind of functions to introduce the rest of the crew. So you've got Michael Clark Duncan. You have Steve Buscemi, who's wearing like an explorer's hat for some reason. Oh yeah. You have. I didn't. What's funny is I didn't see Owen Wilson in this scene. Yeah, spoiler alert. Owen Wilson's in this movie, which you know we haven't talked about him yet at all. You know, twenty minutes podcast, but he's. He's in it a lot less than I realized it. In my mind, he was in it for a lot longer and is a much more prominent player. Yeah, this definitely is not an Owen Wilson movie. This is a Bruce Willis movie. In hindsight, this one we may have been able to skip, to be honest. Uh, 
Oh well, that was just fine. You know, I still enjoyed you know revisiting it, but definitely you know it was it was a, a very you know very yeah. small part compared to what I thought. He did. Like even compared to Anaconda, where he felt a little bit more like a background player. He's like a glorified cameo in this one. Most it seems like. Yeah. And so so the they're on the ship. They uh, chasing him or whatever. They finally gets him and says, you know, don't whatever, don't do that. And there there's some Asian people with i guess maybe they're looking at funding them or something yeah they're the facility for one reason or another like, come on a through, up. through a helicopter or something and uh he's i guess they have struck oil or aj thinks he's struck it and he's uh harry's telling him you know you're you're gonna blow the tranny which is something they really like to say in they say movie. that oh my god so the two they things say, they say in this movie repeatedly are you're gonna blow the tranny that or a variation of it's like we're our last tranny or yeah what's the one they keep saying it's like you're stripping the bit or something stupid like in that same vein <laughs> it's just, really like again michael talk. bay yeah. spent 10 minutes near construction workers like those sound like things i can use <laughs> somebody he was walking by and somebody said you're gonna blow the tranny and that had stuck in his mind. He's like, they must blow trannies all the time. That's what they're all about. That's what I wrote. I feel like they're not a very good crew because they're blowing trannies for the entire movie. <laughs> like, they're really bad at their jobs. Uh, and then, I guess, oil starts flying everywhere. I guess they, something goes on, but... I was just thinking, so they do their job, they find yeah. oil, and somehow it's pandemonium. And they're screaming at each other again, there's flailing, the camera's yeah, shaking, screaming. and they yeah. just don't know what's... And they don't know what's happening. They're all confused by the fact they've struck oil when they're there to strike oil. Yeah. And, and then, they somehow manage to screw the whole thing up, and then he fires, and then he fires AJ. Yeah, I guess they were worried. It, the way he did it, he should have stopped and then okay, it that's what was. something. Yeah, it was. He blew the tranny because he got cocky by not dialing it back. Yeah, so he's, he's pushing when he needs to when he needs to step off a little bit. And he goes, "No, no, no!" I know there's oil there. They find oil and they go, "You blew the tranny," and so that's yeah. what happens. Yeah, and he was Bruce Willis was worried worried for the other people on board their safety, but they find oil and then I think this that's when Keith Davis shows up, right? Yeah, and they're like, hey, we, we need you to come back with us. We can't tell you anything until you get on board. And right, yeah. He's, I'm the government. I'm Keith David. I'm in many other things that are better than this. Now come with me. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, well, one condition, I got to bring my daughter. That's right. And I don't want her near this AJ creep while I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah, so they get they fly out to... To Lansing. Or no, I guess they'd, they could fly to, to Houston because they were in like NASA areas, right? Maybe, yeah. I, I don't remember. But I guess they, they fly to different location. That's the only thing that's important. Yeah. Um, and so they, they, they give them the rundown. Like, hey, Astro the size of France, slightly larger than France, closer to maybe Texas in size. It's hurtling somewhere, somewhere between France and Texas. <laughs> and then Bruce Willis says, I didn't realize France and Texas were relatively the same size. He goes, I'm going to Google that. Can, uh, remind me. Grace, remind me to Google that when we get home. Yeah, and they did. Uh, they were surprised to find out that it you know, was very, very close. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And he says, and so he's talking about, you know, I need my crew. So what was the reason they gave for why they trained them to be astronauts instead of training astronauts to use the drill? They gave so a reason, and I didn't catch it. Well, I don't know 100%. I know he was looking at their equipment that they had. And he right, was which like, is based on his own equipment. 
Yeah, at, yeah. At first, he was like, "Really, you stole the patent from me? I made this equipment, and it's not put together correctly." So he was like, "This is a piece of junk." And then like, I don't know what was wrong with the crew. I guess they'd only been training for nine months. I think he said, but they don't, they couldn't don't know which tranny from a socket wrench. What's blown? Yeah. What's stripped? None of it. Something like that. I don't, I don't know. These guys don't know how to fix a blown tranny. <laughs> And, the, and one of them's just got to be like, well, how about you just don't blow the tranny in the first place? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, we're trained to not blow. We're trained to not blow trannies. It's kind of the, whole, it's the only requirement for the job. I mean, I'm sure if they, if they would have went with those guys who don't blow trannies, spoilers, been much they do movie. blow some trannies. And so, yeah, so... Uh, Ultimately, though, they decide that because Michael Bay said so, they can train Bruce Willis's crew to go to space instead of the simpler version, which is training astronauts to use a friggin' drill because that seems easier than being than the other way around. Yeah, and he says, "Well, I got I got a crew of guys." And so we get our we get a montage, and this is so we were talking about Affleck and and Justice League earlier. This is very similar. It's where the just where it's you know plays a horrible cover of come together. Oh yeah, yeah. As they as they cut to different locations as they're gathering his crew, which is almost like yeah. a heist. It feels has like a heist movie vibe to it, even though that it never goes anywhere heist. that that you know, resembles one. Yeah, that makes sense. And a lot of the uh, those dudes were with him. Owen, I think, was the only one not who wasn't. Him. Yeah, Apart and them, those and those dudes are so far away. How did they, they get scrambled? Like, they it's been like scrambled, a day, and these guys like peace. Every one of them is in a different location. AJ, Steve Buscemi. AJ's already a new job. Uh, AJ already has a new job where he's like the president new, of some other oil yeah. drilling company. And it's How been long like, has it been? It's, it's been like 24 they hours. They only have like 16 hours total. Right. They have or 16, 16 days. days total. And 12 hours later, they're across the country. Yeah. They've all got new jobs, new identities. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get the team together. This is what I had yesterday. Are you in? Just, yeah. And I know he says, well, we've got to track them down. They scramble fast. But... That was extremely fast. And, okay, so did you catch? They all had like fun nicknames. Like there was Bear, who's Michael Clark Duncan. He's I forget what he's doing in the montage. It's silly. There's yeah. Steve Buscemi's an embarking of women, and he was my he was my, one of my guys. His named Horny because he's always horny. And I guess <laughs> Steve Buscemi is like, oh, Steve Buscemi's horny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he spends the rest of the movie being rock hound. So he gets two uh, nicknames, I guess. Yeah, right. Horny is actually his middle name. <laughs> Rock out Horny. But yeah, uh, so he gets the team together. <laughs> yeah. And and so, this... so here's that, that kind of connection we talked about earlier. We were talking about, you know, paychecks. Is Steve Buscemi is talking about this movie kind of at length. And his whole thing was, like, people been like, how do you feel about, this, about why did you do Armageddon? You're better than that. And he goes, I wanted a bigger house. Oh my god. So I found it recent, it's actually Buscemi. Buscemi? Buscemi. That's interesting. Buscemi. Yeah. See, now that's, I would have either figured Buscemi or Buscemi. Buscemi. That sounds like a. Before. (laughs) (laughs) I would have pictured that before Buscemi. Interesting, though. It's very Italian. I mean, so it makes sense to me, I think. In a weird way. But this is where we, during that montage, is where we finally meet Owen Wilson, and he's riding a horse. That's right. And he's got, like, helicopters coming after him. And this is only 30 minutes. 
into the film. And there's never an explanation for what's happened. That he's on the run from police on a horse. Yeah. Michael Clark Duncan is on the run from police also, but in a car. That's where he comes into the montage. Yeah, they're all like... They're all... Oh, there's the kinda... fat guy. There's the fat guy, Max. Oh, He's yeah, in there yeah, eating. Max. His mom goes, are you in trouble with the law again, Maxie? And he goes, no, mama. Just bring the food. And then the FBI yeah. steps in. That's <laughs> so stupid. He's my least favorite character. Yeah, they're all apparently on the run for something. For being on an oil rig. They were all gainfully employed yesterday or earlier today, as far as I can tell. And now they're on the run from the cops. I don't on know the what run, yeah. In those, like, 12 hours. Yeah, across the country. Um, so here's what's funny. So here's the other bit of truth. So Steve, uh, Steve Buscemi, excuse me, signed on to this movie because when the script was originally written, it, his character was like a, a genius geologist and all these other things. It's, it's still state part of the character. But, and he, his whole thing was he was trying to get away from me, I guess his kind of sleazy, gross, what you picture Steve Buscemi playing, basically. Oh. And he got cast in the movie, and then and then I see I almost said Zack Snyder. Uh, Michael Bay takes us took the script and made him a sleazy Steve Buscemi character. <laughs> Intentions like, oh, another get Steve Buscemi. Let's go for it. Oh, uh, that's funny. So he kind of got um, sandbagged in that regard. Yeah, but yeah, so he's a brilliant geologist with yeah, a lot funny. of vices. Yeah. Um. So, he's so the yeah, team they, that's the once again their the ragtag team. It's it's a fun and the ragtag team is a fun storytelling idea. This movie, so we're thirty minutes into a two and a half hour movie, and they've just now gotten the team together and they've gotten in their mission, which is whatever. That's fine. It's yeah, it's taken very long to get very to make almost no progress. Yeah, and then he so I thought it was kind of funny when he was reading uh, their demands. Like, sure, we'll do it. But my guy's got a couple of demands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they never wanted the last demand out of however many was. Yeah. Uh, they never want to pay taxes again. Ever. Forever. Yeah. Um, which is and funny. so here, so here's part of the movie that drives me crazy. So they all end up, you know, at Houston. They'll say goodbye to their families, girlfriends, whatever. There's the one guy who I kind of liked who goes to the house and there was a woman like, you can't be around here. And there's the kids like, who's that man? And oh, she goes, yeah, that's yeah. just a salesman. Go in the house. And she goes, you can't be around him. It confuses him because they don't want him to know he has a father. And yeah. it's, it's really, it's the only one that has any sort of actual emotional impact. And even then, it's pretty hammy anyway. And he goes, just yeah. let him know this is for me. And he puts like a, a, like a little model spaceship or whatever. Yeah. Going away for a while. I don't know when I'll be back. And so they <laughs> end up at Houston. Yeah. And they're taking, I guess, tests. They have like a series of mental tests they have to take and then a series of physical tests that they have to take just to see whether or not they're suited to be able to go up to space. Right. And as and they're because they're a ragtag team, none of that goes well. No. The, and, and so here's, here's the thing. This is part of the movie that really drove me crazy, though, is this whole part. Because this takes about an hour of a movie to get through all this, all the training. Yeah. Right? Just get a, give a montage. Yeah. And there's nothing. This is when they put a montage in a movie, it's to save you an hour and a half of just characters sweating and grunting. Yeah, pretty much. Um, there was the Star Wars reference that Ellen Wilson threw in there. I don't remember that. Uh, they were him and one of the other dudes were talking. I forget who it was. It might have been Max. And he was saying, you know, this 
mission makes me feel like Han. And then Max is like, Han, if anybody's Han, it's me. You're, Chew- you're Chewbacca. And he goes, oh, Chewie. Okay, can, am I going to, I'm going to tip my hand here um, and just reveal it now. The number of wows in this movie from Owen Wilson. Zero. Yeah, zero wows. Yeah, it's... Uh, did you catch any amigos? Not a single amigo, not a single wow. He, he's playing a mostly Owen Wilson character except for those two things. Yeah, he is mo- more Owen Wilson in this film than the last two. Yeah, he doesn't turn into a bad guy part with her, which is nice. Yeah. But yeah, and so... Yeah, so I didn't catch that Star Wars reference. I caught a different one later that I hated. A, a Star Wars reference? Yeah, later on in the movie. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll look back for that, though. Um, so, yeah, so, it's done, so I would, my challenge to you is what, are they, what happens this hour of the movie? Because it's literally an I mean, hour. You meet the main characters, and I mean, you find out that there's an asteroid pretty soon, and that, like, within the first, I don't know, but 10 minutes, and then there's 40, 50 minutes no, no, of nothing. No, no, no. no, you're misunderstanding me. So, the half hour that we've already talked about, I'm excluding that. It's an hour oh. before they go towards space. So I'm saying after the, after the half hour we've already seen, after, next, yeah, yeah. the next hour of film once they hit Houston, what happens that's of value? Not not much. Are you talking about during the tests and all that? And yeah. Just, like, and like basically until they land on the asteroid? In, until they take off, yeah. There's an hour of movie. It's literally a full hour of movie, and I don't have any notes for what, you know, what they did that was of interest. So I have... Are they established? I mean, oh. There's the animal yeah. cracker scene. Okay. Well, even before that, you have Affleck asks Grace to marry him. I think they're sitting, like, in one of the hangars. Right. And they're just talking. And Bruce Willis, like, kind of walks. He's looking for him again and walks in the spine on him. And uh, Ben Affleck asks Grace to marry him. And then Bruce Willis doesn't say anything. He just kind of walks away. And all the other guys around him, they're like, Oh, uh, you know, we helped marry her, and or we we helped raise her. I think she can, she can uh, marry whoever she wants. She's old enough. You gotta let it go, man. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, that's what's interesting. Is that's so? And I was reading that that part, the whole romance angle was added like late, late, late in production. Like originally, she was a minor part. She was only in there as you know Bruce Willis's daughter for a couple of scenes. And then yeah. after Titanic came out, where, you know, they had, Titanic was obviously, you know, a love story more than anything else. They found that that sort of story tested well with, like, audiences, like, young female audiences. So they added that angle in kind of at the last minute. Oh, that's interesting. And so, yeah, huh. so then the animal cracker scene. Do you, wanna, do you want to describe the animal cracker scene? Um, so Bruce Willis asks, he's like, hey, man, can we uh, have... Like one day off, we've got to leave in two days or whatever it is. The next day, he says, my, my request to you is, can we just have one day, the whole team, just to take our mind off everything? Say our, you know, we won't say anything to anybody, but at least see our families and just have one night to clear our minds. That's right. Cause so that's everybody's kind of... So we won't tell anybody. The meteor is hurtling towards the earth and no one's allowed to know. Yeah, so yeah, NASA has been keeping this a secret because <laughs> I guess right. he assumes that this plan is going to work. 
and that we could just not tell anybody and nobody will know. And oh, and the plan, by the way, we haven't even covered the plan. The plan is for these oil riggers to go into space and drill holes deep in the asteroid and plant nuclear weapons in them and blow it up. Yeah, blow it up. And then, so it goes, like, around the Earth in two pieces. Yeah. And they're supposed to get on a rocket. They shoot to the Russian space station, refill, shoot towards the moon, and then, like, go full blast thrusters. It's very convoluted. It's like if you went to, you know, Washington to go to Disneyland or something. Yeah, and then they're going to go around the moon. Apparently, they're going to get pulled in just enough by the orbit, I guess, and it's going to slingshot them around. They're going to hit 11 Gs, slingshot around the moon, back towards the asteroid, and then land, uh, drill. Land. Right. Yeah. And so, but part of that, they take a full day off, and then... Take a day off. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, you have, like, some... Uh, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And then you have the animal cracker scene. So uh, Ben Affleck and I don't know the actress. Uh, Liv Taylor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Can I share with you what I wrote on... Just the, I wrote and I sent this to you, actually. Just because this was how I felt about the entire thing. I, wrote, I fucking hate their romance. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the scene that prompted it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you have them i think laying outside kind of little picnic style they've got a box of animal crackers and uh ben affleck has his little i don't know a giraffe and something else and he's pretending that like oh he's doing a like an australian documentary voice and he's saying oh do i go north up here or do i run south down here from the alligator or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's just a point. He's, first he goes on on about why animal crackers aren't actually crackers. So just cookies, and then he, yeah, we're just fine. Save it for, we get it. Everybody wants to write a Seinfeld script. Just <laughs> save it for next time, Michael Bay. <laughs> save it for next time. There you have the stupid little animal cracker. He's got it on a... Uh, why do we call them animal crackers? What's the deal? It's like, it's like a scene that you see like Jerry and George doing. Yeah. It's a diner. Yeah. And now, and so instead, and he's like, so he got on her body. He's like, well, do I go north to the mountains? Or do I go yeah. south? It's just, it's such an innocuous scene. Like, such a pointless scene that goes on forever. And I don't care about them. I hate the two of them as a couple. And I just don't care at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was kind of strange. And then she sees Bruce Willis, who's her father. Don't forget, he's her father. Yeah. And you know, she calls him Harry. He's asked her to call him dad. So I was calling him Harry, though. <laughs> Again. And, cause this, and I'm saying that because you get another point in dialogue where she's talking about, now, I don't blame you for my mother leaving us. It's like, okay. Oh, yeah. Mom, just, you're being weird again. Just yeah, well, you, yeah, just say mom. Just, yeah. Again, my, my current thing is Michael Bay doesn't know how dialogue works. Like, just in an actual human sense, like Michael Bay talks to other human beings. In that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess everybody has their night off. And Okay. So, actually, this was the part of the movie that I thought was really funny. They go to the strip club. Steve Buscemi gets, like, a huge loan from a loan shark at 60% interest. And the person he's going to die in space, so it won't matter. Or right. at the worst case scenario, the earth explodes and he still doesn't pay it back because everyone's dead. But so they go to a strip club and whatever. And they're talking to the strippers. And another guy goes, hey, save some strippers for the rest of us, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but whatever. 
Yeah. As soon as somebody pulls out a wad of cash, goes, buy yourself a neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such a strange line. And, and they get thrown out of the place and I think arrested. But yeah, then they are to, arrested. But then they never, but then cut to, they don't go to jail. Right. I mean, you never see what happens to them, but it, you assume that they get arrested. Thing. Well, it shows the cops are loading them in the back of cop cars, and so you think that, you know, Houston's going to bail them out, it's going to be a whole thing, but it just never goes that route, because that'd be interesting, I guess. Yeah. And so um, now it cuts to their now, you know, loading to the rocket. She, he, Bruce Willis and AJ both promise her they'll come back in one piece. Oh, so it, you have a, another asteroid hits Shanghai, kills 50,000 people. That's right. And Super that's, that's when uh, people on Earth start or like like normal people start figuring out like oh there's a giant asteroid coming towards us. That's right. It was a super casual like just discussion. But it like, was like way, the, fifty thousand are dead. It was like the morning that they were leaving, or like the night before when people were finding out. Yeah, and just like a piece on. of asteroid. And like okay, we've got sixteen hours to get you guys into space to drill and blow it up. Yeah. So like all the news. Uh, People are covering it. And then I think the next scene is them in suits getting on the rocket ready to leave. Right. And so here's where Olsen comes close. This is the scene where I got excited because they're loading him into, they're, you know, strapping him in. He, this is like the most dialogue I think is in the entire movie. It's the scene where they're buckling them into the spaceship. And he's like, all right, make sure you buckle me in nice and good, nice and tight, cut circulation. And he goes, yeah. ow. He says, ow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. It never, it never happens. Almost. Just a little tease. And so then, yeah, like everyone says, well, no steak, this movie. So yeah. what I'm expecting is the next movie's going to have a lot of wows. Like this one was just like the prelude. This was the foreplay for all the wows yeah. we're going to get. And so, him, but not real, I'm in. And so they get, and so they launch into space and they go to meet the Russian guy. And Houston goes, by the way, he's been alone a while. He might be crazy. Good luck. Yeah, and they're like, what? So they get there. They impressively, like, there's two rockets, two teams. I think uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, Freedom and Independence. Bruce Willis is the captain of one sort, and then AJ is the captain of the other. You got the blue team and the orange team. And they both very impressively, like, each rocket lands on each side of the space station very accurately. And they, uh, get ready to refuel and they're going to meet uh, their Russian friend. And here's, and what, again, what happened? So first off, I'm going to say Russian astronauts are called cosmonauts, which I'm going to say is 10 times cooler than astronaut. That is pretty cool. Like all four cosmonauts, Russia does very few things that are good. You know, their leader poisons his opponents on that, but cosmonaut, got to give him a win on that one. (laughs) I will say that I am pro cosmonaut, anti-Putin. Yeah. Just putting that out there. But so, if you listen to Spot, if I don't make next week's podcast, it's because he poisoned me. Yeah. I would imagine he would be a listener. I'd hope so. I think he was like three stars. He's like, it would have been four, but next week will be four with no Jake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it sounds like you were going to say, like, what happened? Yeah, like so nothing. yeah, what happens? There's Again. a fire all of a sudden. A fire just kind of happens. He goes, don't touch anything. Yeah. And they don't so do anything. S- and then a fire happens. Well, they send uh, they send AJ down, and they're like, "Well, you have to be here and watch the meters just in case. If it goes above two hundred, then you gotta 
push this button and pull this lever and that's going to stop the flow or whatever. And because that it means it's overheating and it could catch on fire. If it sounds, so if it's, people listening at home, if it sounds like we're being vague in our descriptions of, you know, what they're doing, it's because the movie's super vague. Like they just go like, you got to stop the flow of that. If you hit yeah. this button that does this, like, like you can tell again, Michael Bay was not comfortable with what was that with actual jargon beyond stripping trannies and blowing trannies. So yeah. it's just very vague. Don't let the meter go past 200. Yeah. So he, So it's not us. So the meter goes beyond 200. He pulls the <laughs> lever and then it breaks. And he's like, I don't know what to do. He's trying to yell for help, but the audio isn't working. And it's just a visual. And then they're yelling at each other. So they're not paying attention to the video back where the fueling is happening. If, and of course, and, I wrote, of course they're yelling at each other. Like, that's just the premise of this entire film. Yeah. Um, yeah, then there's a big fire. They get uh, AJ out, but it's just him and the uh, Russian dude. And everybody else is kind of scattered trying to get to lock all the doors so they can blow that piece off and get back into the rockets and take off. I think they've filled like 90%. And they're like, well, it's good enough. So you find that we've watched two movies in a row, and both movies have had, you know, fueling issues. I guess seems to be a, a recurring theme all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. I didn't put the, that together, but yeah, that's funny. But yeah, so yeah, so AJ saves... What's his name? Vladimir, maybe? Um, I have it down somewhere. Sergei? I want to... No, I want to say it's like... Fez or Zen or... Regardless, he's a Russian guy. Yeah. Lev. Lev, that sounds right. Yeah, Lev. Uh, so they, he's like, well, we can go this path. Like, all the doors are locked. We got to get back to the rocket, but we'll take this path. And, oh, just uh, so you know, it's 100 degrees below zero. Okay. So you got you to hold, hold your, your breath. breath a little. <laughs> it's, it yeah. is 100 below. What? Hold your breath a little. Yeah, because so like, I heard. Okay, you said that, and I'd forgotten that. I didn't write it down, but I, I remember the time I was like, "Hmm, that doesn't seem correct." Yeah, like everything else will be fine, but just don't breathe. Uh, so they make it uh, through uh, the the little ice chamber or whatever that they're in. They fall down, and then I think Bear sees them, and he like quickly opens the gate to their rocket. They come in, and he shuts it. And you find out they make it back on their their rocket in peace, and they both take off, and the space station explodes. Right, and so they're now one cosmonaut heavier. They're words on mine. Yeah, on their way to their next checkpoint. Right, and, and then so, yeah, were you say? No, I was just yeah. They're just I guess they kind of I don't really know that much goes on. They uh get towards the they slingshot, they get to uh, 11 Gs, and then they get pulled up close to the asteroid. And then, like, they're close enough or, like, within the asteroid's orbit or uh, gravity, something, and then uh, little asteroids start flying and hitting Right, it's shrapnel, basically. Yeah, that they, like, didn't project or whatever to happen. Yeah, somehow didn't anticipate little pieces breaking off, even though that's what's been hitting the Earth. Yeah. 
And so the X surprise, and it hits the one ship. It hits AJ's ship, which is, I think, the Independence. Yeah, that sounds oh, right. Actually, before that happens, they, they get a view of the asteroid, and we do get a wow from Steve Buscemi. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't catch that one. There's two wows in this movie, and both are said by Buscemi. Well, no, there's one by uh, Willis. Where? When? Uh, when he, when they land. So I have, when his ship finally lands and the door comes down and they're standing on the door looking out, it's at an hour and 33 minutes. Willis just says, wow. Does, okay, maybe I think, maybe I'm mixing it up because Buscemi definitely says wow about the same time. Oh, maybe. Regardless. Sure was, yeah. There's only either two or three wows. And none of them are from Wilson. None of them are from, yeah, Wilson. But I feel, my theory is Bruce Willis knows what's going on with his fellow actors. He knows about the wows and the amigos. He's like, look, pal, you're in my movie. This is not, if there's, I'm going to say the wow. You this don't is get the to, Wilson show. If yeah. anyone's going to wow, it's going to be Bruce. It's going to be me. There's either going to be a yippee which Usemi says at one point, which I thought was funny. He does. That's yeah. right. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. You're right. And he, he's doing it in reference to Dr. Strangelove, but even still, yeah, I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Yeah, so that, that was actually a funny uh, Dr. Strangelove. He's, like, riding the bomb yeah. saying yippee That was a good reference. But so he pulls off the uh, The Expendables 2. I think so. I don't remember much. So, I don't know why I remember this, the second one specifically, but the Expendables movies obviously are just super, like, they exist to, they exist only to exist. Like, Steve, oh, it's the name. Sylvester Stallone realized that these old action heroes, people just wanted to see them with no plot blowing stuff up. And yeah. so they turned it into three movies. But in one of them, all the action heroes team up, and they're in a shootout at an airport. And this is oh, the, right. This is the moment I almost walked out of the theater because it just hurt. Like, it was just so awful. Is and they've got Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis are pinned down by enemy fire, and Bruce Willis sees a gun he can access, and so he starts crawling on the ground. He looks at Schwarzenegger, and goes, "I'll be back," and crawls away. <laughs> Schwarzenegger looks at the camera, and goes, "Yippee kaye!" Oh yeah, <laughs> the worst thing. I do remember that. That's funny. Uh, and oh, so that's, <laughs> you know, you make the connection there doesn't make me think of that. Yeah, so Busami gets a yippee kaye, and then Willis gets a wow. And, and Owen doesn't get any. He's what Busami's catchphrase usually. I don't, maybe it's the constrict me. <laughs> or what is. <laughs> you think of the last movie, you think of Anaconda. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Cut off circulation. Cut off my. Cut, yeah. Constrict me. Maybe that was a nod to Anaconda. How do you how do you turn that into a catchphrase? Constrict me. <laughs> Constrict me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Owen Wilson doesn't really get much of a catchphrase. And I think it's but all because be fair, I think they had fun behind the scenes. Yeah, huh? I think that's all. No, things. Just, I, so, okay, you first. <laughs> no, I just I think it's the Bruce Willis thing. See, I think it's they were having fun behind the scenes. I think Bruce Willis is actually being super chill. I think he's like, hey, you'll be a great laugh. You, me, and Busemi all trade catchphrases back and forth for this movie. See if anyone notices. <laughs> Busemi goes, I get to say a couple of wows? Okay. And there's one crooked. Oh, just, okay. I can say some wows? All right, yeah. <laughs> and 
Merciful. Wait, no. Buscemi took all the catchphrases. Oh, hang on. It's clicking for me. We're supposed to take it one while, but Buscemi got the wows and the yippee He was like a catchphrase hoarder. He's having fun with himself on set. He's like, can we see if these guys notice what I say? Yeah. Okay. That's a different version of the same story. I like that better. Yeah. Um, it's in the movie now. They're back to the actual movie. You know, they get pelted by the shrapnel of this asteroid, and the independence driven by AJ goes down. Yeah. Um, and Owen, I think, is the first to die. It's... Yeah, oh, yeah, because it shows, you know, the, the ship's rattling and his legs going off his heart. Tell you cuts to him, putting his helmet on. He's like, can't get my helmet on. Yeah. And then impact, and you see, like, bodies flying. You can't tell who's who. Yeah. Um, then it crashes, and then you find out a couple of them are alive. Right, so is alive. Uh, the Russian is alive. Owen Wilson is the... Bear's alive. Yeah. Almost as the body that you see to confirm it. Like, his name was Oscar in this movie, apparently, because AJ oh, right, right. so, you know, picks up the body, goes, Oscar? Oscar! He's like shaking the body, and yeah. the body's broken, there's shrapnel in the face. Yeah. And then they find out Clark Duncan is alive, and his name is, of course, Bear in the movie. And so there Oscar goal, Choice. Not this movie. Choice. <laughs> and so. Thank you, thank you, girl week. Um, and so this movie, or not this movie, I'm getting distracted by my joke. And so their goal now is, you know, at this point, Bruce Willis' ship has landed on the asteroid, but it's landed a little bit too far to one side, so it's on an iron plate that's going to be harder to dig through than their sweet spot that they'd originally aimed at. And so they're drilling. Yeah, they're like, uh... The story becomes AJ, Bear, and the Russian guy, Lev now have to make the love yeah to drive their armadillo which is their drilling machine over to the new site from very yeah. far away while the rest of the yeah. dead. yeah so they're the the red team freedom bruce willis's team they're uh they get their armadillo out and they're drilling they blow a tranny of course always uh always they I guess the this metal is I guess nothing I've ever seen before, and they get a bigger drill and they're drilling again. And it's breaking the drill, um, and then meanwhile, uh, Bruce Will or um, AJ's team hits like this Grand Canyon, like. Okay, and here's uh, where the Star Wars joke comes in. So they're trekking to get to, I'm sorry, I'm cutting in, but they're, they are trying to trek across this now giant canyon. He find, and he throws a rock out of anger because the characters get angry randomly at times in this movie because whatever. Oh, right. So, you know, they're blue collar workers who are just angry all the time. That's Michael Bay's, you know, interpretation. And the rock flies <laughs> through the air real good. And so he turns to AJ, Ben Affleck, turns to the Russian and says, you ever see Evil Knievel? And he goes, no, I've never <laughs> seen the Star Wars. Oh, <sighs> that's right. Yeah, it's oh, funny. Why? It's, I forgot it's a about that. Joke. It doesn't make any sense as a joke. It's no. Yeah. So yes, they're now evil, evil, and cross the gap, while the, while the other crew strips the tranny again, blows the tranny, and then the. So this guy has been a non-entity. The guy, the military guy shows up. He's there with them. He's been there the whole time, but he's been such a non-entity that I keep forgetting he exists. Colonel right. Sanders or whatever his name is. Colonel something. 
Yeah. And he calls the president. And he's like, Mr. President, I don't. Oh, that's right. He says, Bruce Willis, how far have you dug? You should be 200 feet down. Bruce Willis goes, it's not important. He goes, how far down are you? You should be 200 feet down. He goes, I'm like 40 feet down. Now help yeah. me out. And he goes, I'm calling the president on, to tell on you. And the president goes, okay, yeah. I'm just going to blow this shit up with you guys on it. That's fine by me. Yeah, so he's like, they go to their secondary mission that nobody else knew except for the military people. They're like, well, we have a backup plan. We'll, we'll just blow it up with us on it and everything will be, you know. Right, and I'm trying to find what this other thing was. Okay, because then they go to stop him. You know, he's he has the bomb activated. Or the president has the bomb activated remotely because he's, he's running out of time to do that because in another five minutes they'll lose communication and the president will no longer have the ability to start the bomb manually himself. And so they're going after the bomb and the military guy, the colonel, pulls a gun on Bruce Willis and Buscemi walks into the room at that time and goes, Oh, that's what I... That's space? That's, that's what my of course was. I remember my notes. Uh, it was, oh yeah, of course there's a gun on the rocket in space. <laughs> Why do you have a gun in space? He says. <laughs> One yeah. hour and forty-five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, actually that's an important distinction. You know, I wrote there's a timestamp so I can go back for that audio clip later. But we are have forty-five minutes of movie left of a two-hour, two and a half-hour movie, and they've just now landed on the asteroid. Yeah. And now that's Michael Bay realizing he's got to wrap it up pretty quick, so characters are yelling yeah, yeah. much louder and moving much faster for the duration of the yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah, so they remotely detonate it from Earth. Uh, oh, they start they, the countdown. They start the countdown, which is like five minutes. They got and, plenty of time. Uh, yeah, they're like, what's going on? The bomb's making noise and it's counting down. And he's like, yeah, we went into military dudes. Like, yeah, we went into a secondary uh, plan. Secondary, yeah, whatever it's called. And they're like, we need to get on the ship and get out of here because this thing's going to blow. And they're like, we can still dig. Like, I, what are you talking about? We still got. We have more another, trannies. We have more, so many more trannies. Listen, pal. You think uh, we over at one tranny? This ain't our first rodeo. We got dozens of trannies back there just waiting. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, Billy Bob Thornton back at home is. Oh, like, we haven't even mentioned him. That's right. He's he's like. I know. Control. And he wanted to be an astronaut, but he's got a metal leg, I think. And he's like, you know what? I always wished I had a mission control patch or a, a, a astronaut patch for my jacket, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. It's space. Space. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of like root for them, and he's trying to buy him some more time. So he talks to his buddy. He's like, okay, shut the, count, shut the time off and just kill it. And he and kills it. And the... What were you going to say? Oh, no, I'm sorry if I lost you for a second. I was going to say, so instead of just turning it off, they cut the wire that, you know, makes it blow up. Yeah, the classic cut the blue wire. Yeah, and of course it's got, you know, a second left on the clock. You know, classic Michael Bay stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, down to five seconds. Either. Cut the red wire. Are you sure? Uh, not the blue. And then, yeah, with two seconds left, he cuts the blue, and they're fine. But yeah, but that's what's funny. Though, is it's, it's he goes, you know, the bomb. So they cut the wire. He goes, "Don't worry, the bomb still works. It's fine." So I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know what the wire was even. Yeah, for. yeah, I don't know. And so he agrees to help them get their trannies set and start digging. Yeah, yeah I think he said eight hundred feet. Bru- and got eight hundred feet. Hours. Bruce Willis has said 
he says like I've never missed a depth in my life. That's right. And then all of a sudden they become buddies. They he pulls them up off the ground. And he's like, let's dig a hole. Yeah, there's an awkward hand clasp between them. I've never missed a depth in my life. Yeah. Promise? No, I don't make promises, but I'll try. Or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And now they're friends. And they're digging. Yeah. And it's hard because they're going through the iron. And I think shortly after is when uh, AJ's team they're flying through space. They jump the canyon and they make it. And then uh, just when Luck has run out on Bruce Willis's team, AJ shows up. Right. He could just kind of barely make him miss this party. Yeah. That's what this is. AJ, you son of a bitch. You think I missed this party? How many trainers do you have left? Just one. And it's on your ship. Yeah. You got the last training. That's right. Okay. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself for the sake of the joke. That's right. They're digging and they blow their last tranny. And they go. Right. And so it comes back to Earth and it goes, bad news for the world. They've blown their last tranny. We have nothing left to do but wait for the meteor. God bless and good night. Yeah. Ran across the world. And then it cuts and then he arrives and goes, I got a tranny. I bet you boys need it. And he goes, Am I glad to see you? <laughs> and your tranny. <laughs> and they're digging. And they're like, they need to be eight hundred feet down. And they're seven hundred and like forty feet down. He goes, another sixty feet he goes back off and it's and it becomes reminiscent of the beginning. Where AJ went right. back off. And he's drilling and Bruce Willis goes, you got to back off. You're going to blow that tranny. And he goes, you yeah. got to trust me. He goes, I trust you. Yeah, Bruce Willis finally trusts him. And like there's bolts flying everywhere and they're just drilling away. And hang on. The fat guy dies. But I'm not sure how. Like he floats away. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It's, it's, when, the, it's when Bruce Willis blows he his was last in, He was in, uh, yeah, the original armadillo bruce yeah. willis's and they blow the freedom train. he flies away <laughs> yeah he just kind of flies away and they're yeah <laughs> but he was like burning up something was going on and i remember him saying like he was burning up inside there so he hits the thrusters and shoots off and his... Buscemi goes we lost max <laughs> as he flies <laughs> <in the sky. laughs> rest in peace fella yeah and that must be, maybe that's what it was. And then AJ shows up. Right. Because then he's drilling and Russo goes, you got to back off. That's how we lost Max. <laughs> he <flew> yeah. Away. <laughs> he goes, don't you trust me? He goes, of course I trust you. Because we're friends now. And, he yeah, gets 800, so they, and they had to go 800 feet. They go 802 feet because these guys are overachievers. Right. And they drop the bomb into the gap, into the hole they've created on the fault line. To right. After into two pieces. And they get back on the ship to detonate it, to fly away and detonate it. But then something's gone wrong and the remote detonator doesn't work. So they realize they've got a, they've got one more option and it's to leave, hand. Man. <clears throat> leave man behind and do it manually. Yeah. Yeah. So they literally grasp for straws to see who's going to do it. I think Bruce Willis like is like, well, this is my ship. I'll go down with this ship. But then like, they draw straws. Maybe, for you know, maybe it was AJ. One of them was like, you know what? I don't mind. So Steve Buscemi says that Steve Buscemi keeps offering to die, and they're like, no, no, no. You will be okay. Oh yeah, because he goes he crazy. To, like he says like three times, I'm willing to die. 
I owe yeah. a, a card shark, a loan shark, a lot of money down there. I can die. May I die, please? <laughs> and they're like, no, get back on the ship. I don't think they trust him after his whole machine gun thing. He was like riding the machine gun, <laughs> which like, why were there machine guns on those armadillos? Oh, wait, there's no reason for it. Giant like, machine guns. Huge, like just wage war. That's like Space Force stuff. Yeah, I mean, for aliens, maybe? They're obviously not going to do anything to the asteroid. So this movie's actually meant to be a prequel to the Transformers franchise. In the original draft, Megatron showed up then. And that's what the guns were for. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but it got cut for time. Right. So, yeah, so they uh, draw straws. And AJ, of course, gets the short straw. So AJ now has to stay behind and detonate the thing automatically or manually rather, so that he will die while everyone else gets to go home and be heroes. Yeah. So he, and then suddenly... Bruce Willis is like, I'll walk him down. And they take the elevator down, and they have a little... Heart to heart. heart. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Willis like yanks off his oxygen... He bonks him. He just bonks him real good somehow. Yeah. And so, and, and he, then he steps out of the elevator himself. Yeah. And he shoves, shoves AJ back in and takes the detonator or whatever. And they have like a Rathacon moment where they're like on opposite sides of the glass and the glass is locked and their hands like pressing against the glass together. And he's like, you were always a son to me. That's why I was so hot on you. <laughs> I'd be so honored if you'd marry my daughter. Yeah. And uh, AJ's like bawling. And they're screaming, I love you at each other. It's a very sweet moment. Yeah. And then he hits I love the button. You, Dad. He hits the button as the elevator rises. Because that's right. Early in the movie, earlier in the movie, like in the very first line of dialogue, expository dialogue, he goes, You know, when AJ's parents died, he looked to you as a father. And like, yeah. <laughs> I might have forgotten until this very moment. It was so inconsequential because it never comes up in the movie at yeah. all. Until that scene where right. like, you are like a son to me. He hits the button to the elevator slowly rising. He goes, I love you, Dad, and I won't forget you. And he goes, marry <laughs> the shit out of my daughter. Basically. Then, yeah, and then he gets, he's like, by the way, I guess I'd better call her. <laughs> Let her know I'm not coming home. <laughs> he's like, hey, honey, uh, it's your father. I won't be home for dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, remember I made that promise. I can't keep it. Sorry. She goes, but Harry... You are my dad. He goes, I always wanted you to call me dad, but she just insisted on calling me Harry. She goes, you know, when my mother walked out, I felt bad. But you were the only parent I ever really liked, my father. <laughs> He's like, yes. Yeah. It's a There's a lot of clunky dynamic. dialogue there. Yeah. And so then he goes out there to go detonate. And, and then, like, some more stuff goes wrong. It's just like... So, oh, how can we put 15 twists in this movie? So what went wrong? Like It started raining, I think. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, that's it, not good. Like, Bombs don't started, like rain. I don't, some, it was like more debris out of nowhere. I don't remember. And he like... He goes, keep raining. It's like, bombs don't like space rain. Oh no. Like, yeah, it was just more things going wrong just, just for them to be able to justify going, oh no, they're not going to make it in time from the Earth yeah. perspective that no one cares about. Yeah. David and the president. And then here's part that, that was interesting. And oh, and in the spaceship, they're like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta turn around because he's not. We're only at X amount of minutes, and this thing hasn't blown up yet. We gotta turn around and do it ourselves, or somebody else do it." And they're like, "Give him more time. I know he'll do it." 
He goes, he clasped my hand and said, you know, Rick, I promise he'll be okay. Yeah. And here's part that was really interesting. So he goes to detonate the bomb. And we see, like, it cuts to, you know, the daughter. And it zooms into her eye. And then it turns into the explosion. It's really artsy. And then it shows, like, her life flash before his eyes. Yeah. And then, so, and then the part that I think is interesting, though. And so that happens. You see the explosion. He's, you know, right there. He's definitely dies in the explosion. It's huge. It's nuclear. It's no way that he escaped it. And then the way I recall what happens next is is us to make it home. And they're grieving. And then they go to Lucius Fox. And he's like, I wish I'd fixed the autopilot for the bomb. And they go, it's not your fault. And then it cuts to Alfred and he's crying. Then Alfred is in Paris. And Bruce Willis is there with Anne Hathaway. Like he always dreamed. It was right. the craziest ending. <laughs> I did not see that one. That made characters at the end. I was like, what a twist. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> what does happen? It's but, go home and then that's it. <laughs> I mean, that might have well has hap- have happened. Like, Okay, so be- I think because of The Dark Knight Rises, though, I was half expecting him to somehow live. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm flying in like on a piece of debris surfing it. It's a Michael Bay movie. Like, yeah. Ooh, okay, can I punch up the script really quick? So they get back home. Just like in the regular movie, they all kind of celebrate and mourn at the same time. They're heroes, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, the wedding happens over the end credits. But in my version, she's about to walk down the aisle alone. And he comes surfing in from the sky on a piece of debris. His space suit is <laughs> smoldering. He lands, he goes, again, missed this party. And his space suit... Oh. Is burnt up in such a way that it looks like a white tuxedo. Oh and my god! around hers and I walked down the aisle. The end. That's how it should have ended. <laughs> it is also an hour and a half shorter because they add a montage at the front of it. Or somehow that explosion turned him into the Silver Surfer. And he surfs down from space. Then you, you got can't have Batman in the Silver Surfer movie. Why not? Because it's um, the Silver Surfer situation. Yeah, well, I would say don't go the Batman route. I feel Just the Batman route fits. <laughs> and if you want to say for your, I punched it up my way. You can punch it up your way now. Let's hear your version. Oh, that was that was. But without everybody goes back, they grieve. You have the wedding scene, but then he shoots down, and he is the Silver Surfer. That'd be cool. Does he look like Bruce Willis but silver? Or does he look like the Silver Surfer from the movie? Hmm, Bruce Willis but silver. I like it. That's what I was hoping. That's that secret we hope you Then you've got yourself a new franchise. Bruce Willis as the Silver Surfer. I would watch the shit out of that if Marvel went that right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you, let me ask you one other punch up if you were to do it. So we talked about the first half needed a montage to trim it down to like an hour and 45 minute movie would be like the sweet spot for this one, I think. So they get, they're in Houston training and we turn that whole hour long sequence into a montage. What song do you set it to? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe a David Bowie song. That's what was my thought. Because uh, I'm like, David Bowie and Space just go hand in hand. But I couldn't think yeah. of one that was energetic enough to work. I, I could do Life on Mars, but then that's too slow and they're not going to Mars. Yeah. Or Starman, I guess. Um. My, see, my go-to, my knee-jerk reaction for montages is always, you make my dreams by hollow notes. Oh, okay. But I don't think it fits this movie. No. 
I'm not sure. I'd have to think about that. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Like, how do you how do you find the song? Well, then again, there's a lot of music in this movie. The recurring song in this movie was um, "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing." Well, I forget who even sings that. Oh, uh, that's Aerosmith. Ugh, no wonder. <laughs> I'm stressing a lot of opinions today. Is Liv Tyler Steven Tyler's daughter? Ooh, that's a good they... question. Let's uh, vamp for me for a second. I want to find out. Yeah, I, that was like one of my. So I heard, uh, you know, that song. I feel like there was another Aerosmith song too. And I feel like you're correct. I read beforehand that that was like I was just looking up some notes on that movie. And I saw Liv Tyler, and I was wondering if that was like the Aerosmith stuff. Uh, I remember, and everyone's like, "I wonder if that's." You were completely correct. Steven Tyler okay. is her father. Interesting. And her adoptive father is Todd Rundgren, who is huh. of the band Utopia. Here's a fun thing. What do you think? What is Steven Tyler's nickname? I don't know. Apparently, he's also known as the Demon of Screaming. Which, okay. Just <laughs> screaming. I feel like he's not demonic, nor does he scream very much. I guess give that one to someone like Gene Simmons, maybe. Yeah. Or someone from Guar. That would be fitting if someone from Guar was the demon of screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. Interesting. But yeah, but I think that's, that's Armageddon. I don't, I don't have anything else to add about what happens in the movie, do you? Not really. Uh, it was... Just so long. Oh my god, it was two and a half hours. And I was like, and again, I've seen other movies that are two and a half hours. The movies that are three hours, and they, and they don't feel like it. This one, oh, it was like I spent an entire day watching it. It seemed like, yeah, like I aged seemed... ten years in the two and a half hours it took to watch it. Yeah, it dragged. Uh, so now that we're here at the end, what do you rate this movie? Um, Connor, and let's remind you, uh, listeners of our scale. Our scale is a one to three scale of Andrew, Luke, and Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson being the top tier, Andrew Wilson, the forgettable brother, being the bottom tier. An Andrew, you skip. A Luke is so-so. And an Owen, you better drop everything and see it now. I'm probably going a Luke just because it's a classic. I don't know that I would say don't see it. But just don't have high expectations. I wouldn't rush out to see it. I'd call it a Luke minus. Yeah, that's about right. Because um, that's just funny. Like, it had a lot of actors I liked. It was overall enjoyable. It, just, it was so long. Yeah. Have you seen... Was... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, just, I wish it was like an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, that would have been perfect. If they'd tightened up that beginning part, it would have been a much more fun movie, I think. Did you yeah. see Deep Impact? I don't think so. So I meant to bring this up earlier. So Deep Impact came out at like the exact same time. It had basically nobody actors in it for the most part, and, St- and uh, Steven Spielberg was one of the producers on it, but it was the exact same premise, more or less. Oh, okay. And they came out almost side by side. Deep Impact was people liked, and it was more scientifically accurate. People did not like Armageddon, and it was not scientifically accurate. Interesting. But I'm fascinated by things like that to happen, where you have two movies that are like almost identical premise come out back to back. Yeah. There's those two. There's... There's Paul Blart, and it came out at the same time as that Seth Rogen mall cop movie. It was, like, depressing and not funny. Oh, I don't think I saw that one. Um, Observe and Report, I think it's called. Oh, that sounds familiar. And then here's the other one. There's a movie called... There are two movies. One is called No Strings Attached, 
The other is called Friends with Benefits. Collectively, they right. have Jessica Biel, Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher, and Justin Timberlake, I think. Right, I, I remember Which those. pairings are in which movies, which movie is which, I know none of it, other than they might be the same movie. Yeah. I think, because Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel are a couple in real life. I think they are in opposing movies, though. I don't think they're in the same movie. I think it's like Jessica Biel with Ashton Kutcher and then like Justin Timberlake with Mila Kunis or something, you know, just something bonkers like that. And Kunis and Ashton Kutcher together, right? In real life, yeah. Yeah. Because he was married, so there's another connection. So prior to that, he was married to, you know, uh, Demi Moore, who was prior to that married to Bruce Willis. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Back when he was 12 movies away from losing his hair. Right. <laughs> no strings attached. Let's, let's, let's get to the bottom of this once and for all, because again, I don't know the difference between two movies. So, no strings attached is from 2011. It is now. Na- oh, is Ashton Kutcher Natalie Portman? Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe just confuse not part of this, you know, circle at all. This block at all is Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher, and the director is Ivan oh, Reitman okay. from Ghostbusters, which is interesting. Oh, interesting. And so the other one, so that's National Attached, I think I said, is Friends with Benefits, should be Mila Kunis, and I think Justin Timberlake. Justin and see, that one I am correct. It's Timberlake and Kunis. Came out 2011. They came out within moments of each other. Um, the guy, the director of that is Will Gluck. He has done basically nothing else ever. So yeah, so July 22nd, 2011 for Friends with Benefits. How does that even happen? January. What's that? January 11th for No Strings Attached. Because I remember, I, so I haven't seen them, but I yeah, remember thinking, I remember thinking when these came out, like, wait, didn't that movie just came out? Come out like, right. did, they, did that change names? Or And then I like remember looking at it, I'm like, no, these are two different films with the same plot, like total the same vu. exact thing. Total deja, deja vu moment, yeah. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? No, it's insane. So we've skipped this last week, so let's do a little bit of backtracking. So last week we forgot to do a Who Brought the Wow Factor for Anaconda, and who was, what was her opposite of wow? Just settle on whoops. Uh, I think so. A wow and a whoops. So who yeah, do you think, right. going back to Anaconda from last week, who do you think brought the wow to Ana, the wow factor to Anaconda? Um, part of me wants to go with John Voight. Yeah, completely, my answer 110% is John Voight. Yeah, yeah. His Tommy Wiseau accent. Yeah, he just played that character so well. Like, he's just he a just played John dude. Voight, basically. Just creepy and gross. Yeah. And who brought the whoops? I don't know. What do you think? So for the whoops on that one, I'm going to go with Honestly, Eric Stoltz. Okay. Oh they, yeah. Well, he's a big name actor who just came off of being Rocky Dennis a few a few years prior in a huge movie that I think won Oscars and stuff. I don't know because I haven't seen Mask. Um, and then he's in a coma for most of the movie. Yeah. That's the whoops. Um, I could see that. I don't. Maybe even Owen Wilson, just because I wish there was more of him. That's fair. You can give Owen Wilson whoops. We're still early on his career. Yeah. 
Okay, he, so and now, he dies so early. He died. He dies fifty-four minutes into an hour and twenty-seven minutes. So he, he dies a little more than halfway through. Uh, okay. But he becomes evil before he dies. He he becomes a questionable moral character. So maybe he does bring a little bit of a whoops. Yeah. Okay. So following. So now onto this week. So who brought the wow factor for you this week? Wow factor. Uh, probably, I don't know, I thought Bruce Willis did a good job. I mean, it's his movie. Um, actually, Ben Affleck did a really good job. Maybe I'll give the Wow Factor to Ben Affleck. As your final answer, Ben Affleck for Wow Factor? As AJ? In his horrible romance with Liv Tyler? Yeah. I like Ben Affleck. Okay, so what I'll say is my, I'll give the Wow Factor in my version of the movie to Steve Buscemi. Not only because he got two wows, just because he was I, I, consistently the most fun. Knew you were gonna say that. He had he had I a great you. he had a lot of great zingers. He just got to be a Steve Buscemi character, and he's I love Steve Buscemi. I love saying Steve Buscemi. Yeah, he was. He was fun. Hey, go buy yourself a neck. Turn crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'll die. I'd be good at dying. They just so many great things. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, where is your? Where's the whoops in this movie? Who's your whoops? Who are my whoops? Well, you think about it and uh, say, "Live Tyler for me." Live Tyler was the bane of my existence in this movie. She wasn't great. Yeah, I didn't like I her didn't character. For much. I didn't like her romance with Ben Affleck. I didn't like the. You know who was the whoops? The Animal Crackers. <laughs> the. <laughs> uh, whoever said that was a good idea. They get the whoops. I mean, even the whoops to live Tyler. Um, I think she was not my favorite at all. Yeah. Oh, do I want to go Billy Bob Thornton? I feel like he was kind of a dick in some. some I feel of like the... he was rooting for. Oh, we 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 missed the part. So he gets back to Earth, and he gives Billy and AJ gives Billy Bob Thornton the the flight patch from Bruce Willis's shirt. Right. And then the wedding happens, and the credits roll. Who cares? Yeah. That's your final answer then? I don't know. Or you know who I, I don't know his name, but the, the military guy that went with them. I think I'll give it to him. Okay, I like that. He, he's I know I know from other stuff, but I don't know his name. He was terrible. He was like, Okay, he's he's bad, he's good, he's bad, he's good. He sucked, I hated Heck him and he was a dick. Yeah, he sucked, yeah. I hated him and he was a dick. His name, by the way, was Colonel Will Colonel Williams, and he is played okay. by William William Fitchner, who is probably perhaps best known from Crash, Drive Angry, Black Hawk Down, and basically nothing else. What is Drive Angry? I read that one like I knew what it was, but I've never heard of it. Huh. Oh, it yeah. appears to be a Nicolas Cage. It's a Nicolas Cage oh. from 2011. That's not good. Yeah. But so okay, so that's so wow factor was we agree we said I said Steve Buscemi, you said Bruce Willis for whoops. I went with Liv Tyler and you went with William Fitchner. Are you there? Hang on, I think I lost you. Alrighty, so okay, I've lost the mic, so let me wrap this up, I guess, on my own here. So those are the wows and the whoops. Um, for Armageddon, which was not as fun as we remembered, unfortunately. 
Next week, we're looking at a movie called Permanent Midnight, which stars Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller. It's still the same year, it's 1998. But this year, it has, excuse me, this movie is his first movie with Owen Wilson. And this, he's Owen Wilson, I'm sorry. This is his first movie with Ben Stiller. And it is not a comedy in any way, shape, or form. It's a movie not unlike Train Spotting, where it's about drug addicts living together in a drug den and trying to get over that part of their lives. But it's based on a true story of a writer from the television series Elf. <clears throat> so that's what we'll be looking at next week. And that should be a really good time. Mike's camera's come back on, but Mike is gone. So he's definitely wandered away. Um, so with that being said, he has nothing to plug, so I'll just say it myself. Follow us on Twitter at WaterCooler And <laughs> are you there? Yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> what in the world happened? Oh my god, I've been, I've been going on. So I was I wrapped with the wild snow. Whoops. I said next week. I, we're looking, I said next week I, we're looking at permanent midnight. I lost the internet or something. My okay. Wi-Fi like was searching. Yeah, you just, you just like disappeared off my screen. I had to look at my own face on the camera. Um, yeah, the same thing happened here, and I was like, "What is going on?" Then I checked my computer, and it's like spinning, looking for for internet. Uh oh. Like, well, that's weird. So yeah, so next week is Permanent Midnight, though, which is rated R. It's only eighty-eight minutes, which is kind of a nice reprieve after this. It is the nice. Owen Wilson's first team up with Ben Stiller, but that being said, it's about two heroin addicts. It's not about comedy. Okay, I'm excited. I haven't seen this one. No. Another- and it's and so like I said, Ben Stiller is the main character on Wilson's more of a supporting role, but he is a, a, the second build, so he should be a fairly important character. And nice. it's based on the memoir of Jerry Stahl, who was one of the key writers on the TV series Elf. Oh, right on. And then finally after that, we get Owen Wilson's first leading movie called The Minus Man, where he's a serial killer. So that should be interesting. Yeah. So do you want to plug anything? Um no uh rate subscribe yeah uh, comment click all the other buttons click yeah uh play Share. Re- rewind fast forward no don't fast forward <laughs> don't fast forward. pause but make sure you hit play again um yeah yeah hit so the, follow follow us on social media we're on twitter at water cooler pod that's w-a-t-r-c-o-o-l-r-p-o-d You'll see us there announcing, you know, kind of which movie's coming up next. You can watch it before the episode drops so you have a better idea of what we're talking about as we go through it, because that always makes it a little bit more fun, I think. You can also follow us individually on social media. You are on so on Twitter at Michael Teeter or Mike Teeter? Uh, Mike Teeter. And I am on Twitter as Jake underscore Menez, unfortunately. And then beyond that, visit us for more, you know, entertainment news. Follow us on, visit us on watercooler.com. You can read all the things that we basically talk about here anyway, like Ben Affleck's new return to Batman. And then if you enjoy what we're doing for some reason, please send us money. We would love it. It is you know, make people feel bad. <laughs> if somehow you listen to this entire thing and want more... <laughs> patreon.com slash watercooler and it's a pay what you want type of deal I think we're going to upload some some patron exclusive stuff like I said last week Michael and I did a podcast like four years ago it was one episode it was very poorly conceived it's like a weekend yeah. read the headlines sort of deal and it's it's very funny 
but it's nothing you'd ever want to hear for more than once. But that'll be an exclusive because we don't want it to get out into the general circulation, I think. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I don't really have anything else to say. You can follow us on other social media. You know, we're both on Instagram at Jake Menez and at Michael Teeter. Or are you Mike Teeter there as well? I'm Mike Teeter there as well. So are you Mike Teeter? I feel like I, I feel like you're Michael, but you're on social media as Mike. That's correct. Okay. But you uh, I Michael, go by Michael. Yeah. I prefer, yeah, I prefer Michael. I go by Mike. I'm not sure why. Maybe Michael was taken or something. I'm not sure. Okay. You can follow our personal accounts to see the stuff we're doing there. And then... Yeah, I've got nothing else. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Yeah, no. No, that's about it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, we will see you next week for Permanent Midnight, starring Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller as drug addicts. It's going to be a good time. Yes. All you <laughs> Wilson lovers, Wilsonites, and some other third one, have a wow-tastic day. A wow-ter one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a good, I have a good sign-on. I don't have a good sign-off. What you got? Yeah. Give, give me a sign off. Uh, thanks for listening. All right, okay. <laughs>